You're listening to the Exeter Vineyard Church podcast. New episodes each week. To watch the full video version of this podcast, head over to our website, www.exe.vin forward slash podcasts. Hello and good morning. Uh, my name is Adam and I am here this morning or this afternoon or whatever time you're watching this to bring you the next instalment in our series on Colossians. Um, today we'll be looking at Colossians 3, verse 18 through to 4, verse 1. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, it feels like a bit of a stitch up, or it did initially. Um, when I looked at this passage, I thought, oh dear. And then I decided to go and listen to some podcasts. Um, to get some inspiration about people's thoughts and research about this uh, verse. To a man and a woman, everyone who started their talk said, yes, I feel like I've been stitched up by the senior pastor this morning by being given this passage, um, but we're going to try and tackle it anyway. And the reason why it's controversial um, to some is that uh, it starts with wives submit to your husbands and submit is uh, perhaps a bit of a loaded word in today's culture I don't actually know the uh, gravity of that word back in uh, Paul's time but certainly um, it is one of those words that makes people worry about oppression about being told what to do about uh, women being told to put up or shut up you know, do what you're told, the man is in charge, um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think if you think the Bible can be used to suppress uh, anyone of a particular gender, of a race, of a culture, then you've fundamentally misunderstood the Bible and the story of God. And the story of God is bringing everything uh, into wholeness into equality, in raising up the lowly, uh, the, the, haut- the high and mighty fall. Uh, God wants everyone to be equal. Indeed, the last verse in the passage, oh, well, in chapter 3 that we're going to look at, might be in chapter 4, is that God has no favourites. And Paul uh, also says elsewhere, you know, that... Um, uh, there, there is now no more divides between people. There is no Jew and Gentile. There is no slave or free. That everyone is equal. Now, I know the world doesn't look like that. And I know the Bible is still used to create inequality. But the Bible should not uh, be used to oppress people. And it certainly um, is a human construct when we're using the Bible that way. And not what God intended. But we're not going to focus too much on that today. I don't want to unpick the patriarchy uh, in five minutes because, I, well, for one thing, I don't think I'm qualified. Um, what I want to look at today is um, following on from Dave's talk last week about how we live um, in light of all the goodness that we've heard um, about God coming. So Paul, uh, in, our, in our last um, sermon from Dave, Paul was talking about how do we live 
as if Christ and his promises and everything that has come, how do we live now as if that was true? How does it in affect our lives? What do we do now in light of all that Jesus has done? And uh, he goes on to, in, in the passage we're going to look at this morning, he goes on to start to unpick how that looks in our most close relationships, in our families as uh, fathers or mothers or husbands or wives or friends or co-workers or carers or colleagues. He goes to unpick how do we live that truth in our relationships. And that's what I want to look at this morning. Um, and uh, as you can see, I'm out here uh, pushing the pram around um, as part of my duties as a father. Full disclosure, Luke's not in the pram. Hannah's looking after him. I just needed a good opening bit because, you know, Dave's production value is getting higher and higher. But uh, we are going to head back now. Uh, I'm going to sit on the sofa and we'll unpack the passage, we'll read the passage and have a look about how um, we are to live uh, in our relationships in light of what Jesus has done. Okay, we're inside now uh, and I'm going to read the passage. So we're going to be looking at uh, Colossians... 3, uh, sorry, yeah, 3, uh, verse 18 to 4, verse 1. And it says this, um, Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, Obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done, for God has no favourites. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. So, Paul is saying, in light of being made alive in Christ, as we spoke about last week, how do we operate in our relationships? Whether that is a, as a wife, or a husband, or a father, or a mother, or a carer, or a grandparent, or an employee, or an uh, employer, or a volunteer, in all of those places where we spend most of our time, which is in relationship with people, how do we act as if we have been made fully alive with Christ? Now, when relationships are good, I think they're good. You know, we don't really worry about them. And it's when they become difficult or tricky that that's when we start to have dilemmas. And I believe that's where we, as being made alive in Christ, living as if the promises and purposes of Jesus' plan for us are real, that's where we will really make a difference. 
Um, so I wanted to pick out um, particularly the second half of the passage, a few little bits. It says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because you are of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance of your reward, and the master you are serving is Christ. Now this is in, in, a, in uh, an employee-employer sort of uh, situation. Obviously we're talking about slavery here, but I guess our modern context is in work. But it's interesting that Jesus calls us, and Paul calls us, to turn our eyes to Jesus rather than to the work or the structures around us. Try to please them not just when they're watching you. Are we willing to do work for an audience of one? Um, I sort of I had a thought that uh, I, I remembered that um, often uh, Hannah will ask me to make her a coffee in the morning. Uh, and I often get up with Luke at the minute um, and I'll bring him downstairs and we'll hang out and we'll play and then I'll put him on his mat and then I'll just lie on the sofa and think about nothing for a while. Uh, and it's often not until I hear Hannah's feet on the stairs that I go, oh my goodness, the coffee, jump up, turn the coffee machine on and make that coffee. <coughs> now, um, perhaps the loving thing would be to be a bit more proactive about it. Um, I'm probably blowing this story out of proportion uh, it, to fit it into the context here. Um, but am I, would I be willing to do jobs as if no one is looking? Now, in uh, the marriage preparation that uh, Hannah and I did with Phil and PJ, one of the things not to do is to not score points. And I think that's a really important point. Do we do stuff just to curry favour, just to get ahead? Do we do uh, jobs in the house just so we don't have to do other jobs in the house? Do we think if I do X, then I'll be able to do Y? Are we trading one thing for the other? If we get into that, we get into transactional relationships. And that's not what uh, Paul wants for us. It's not what Jesus wants for us. Jesus wants us to love the people in front of us, not see them as uh, transactions to be bartered with or against. And then um, to think about um, as if we were working for the Lord, not, ju not just for people, and that the master we are serving is Christ. Do we work hard as much of the time as we can? Now my work's got really busy right now, having Luke, coinciding with that has made me really tired so I'm really trying to work hard sometimes I don't quite manage it all the time because I'm really tired so what do we do in those situations what do we do when our humanness cannot meet the the God ideal in our relationships I believe the answer is just to pray um so I have an example of this in again in in my marriage with Hannah um and again, from Phil and PJ's uh, marriage preparation, actually, uh, one of the other things not to do is not to opt out. Um, so a few years ago, uh, when we were newly married, uh, we were arguing a lot at one stage in our relationship. And we were arguing because Hannah didn't feel like a whole person. So she had moved from Oxford. I'd been living here for two years. She'd moved from Oxford. She'd moved into my friendship circle. She'd moved into my church. Uh, she had left behind her church and her friends and her rowing club and all the things she loved. Uh, she had moved here, uh, hopefully, 
to marry, well, she had moved here to marry me. Hopefully she loved me and that was a positive thing. Um, but she didn't feel like a whole person because she didn't have a, a full life that she felt that she had been able to choose. Uh, and the two reactions in me were to opt out, which uh, essentially was uh, resulted in me ignoring the situation. Or uh, I have another character trait, which is to just throw out the nuclear option uh, and self-destruct. Uh, and that uh, option looks like me going, well, fine, we'll leave Exeter Vineyard Church. I won't see any of my friends anymore. You can just pick the friends we have. You can pick the church we have. And life will just be much simpler and easier and everyone will get on happily. So let's just do that. Which obviously is a pretty petulant, childish response. And it obviously isn't, um, it wasn't going to happen because we were where we were and we could only move forward. And I'd like to say this was my genius idea, but it must have been God dropping in my head because I've been racking my brains as to how it started happening and I cannot remember. But one day I just thought, I need to pray for God to make me a better husband in this situation. Because Hannah's, Hannah felt the way she felt. And in our house, we like to say, you feel the way you feel. Uh, it doesn't matter whether uh, the circumstances are real or imagined or, um, or whatever it is, your feelings are real to you, whether uh, the uh, sort of outworking or cause of them is right or wrong. Um, <clears throat> so Hannah felt the way she felt and she needed to work through that. But I also was trying to control the situation and I couldn't because it was Hannah's feelings and she needed to work through them. So the best thing that I could do, and this is what God taught me, was that I could pray to become a better husband to Hannah. Now we stopped arguing about those things. I don't know if it's because I was praying for me to become a better husband to Hannah. I certainly haven't become a shining example of husbandness. <coughs> but I do believe that God was at work in that situation uh, and helped us reach a new level in our relationship. And that came about because, like with, with the slaves turning their eyes to Jesus rather than to their master, I believe I was turning my eyes to Jesus uh, rather than myself. I was upset that uh, we were having these arguments and I just didn't want to have them. So uh, I was upset with, you know, I was getting upset with Hannah. Um, but it wasn't Hannah's fault. And so the only thing I could do was pray to, uh, to work in that situation. And so I think God is encouraging us um, in this passage and through maybe what, he was, what God's been speaking to me about is to do some inside thinking, to be a bit introspective. Hannah read a book a few years ago called um, I Would Like You More If You Were More Like Me. And it's a Christian book about John Altberg and the, the type by John Altberg and the title was Tongue in Cheek. But it's true, isn't it? That we would like people more if they were more like us. But we, God hasn't given us the power to change people. He's given us the power to change ourselves. To be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better child or a grandparent or carer or an employee or employer. God has given us the power to change ourselves and we can do that through prayer. And it comes back to Corinthians, uh, sorry, Colossians, the passage that we looked at last week. Um, Colossians 3, uh, verse 12 to 14, it says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, 
humility, gentleness and patience. We're not closing it, clothing anyone else, we're clothing ourselves. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So I did just encourage you this week to think about where are you at in your relationships, wherever they are. Are there ones that are a bit more tricky than others? If there are, pray about it. Pray that God would help change the situation, but maybe pray that God would help change your heart about the situation. Maybe that will make you a more loving person, and maybe being a more loving person will help break down those barriers. I don't know what you're going through, but I really hope that um, this helps. I really hope that uh, we as a church would spend more time praying for ourselves to become more loving people because that will change the world. Uh, and so, yeah, Father, I just pray uh, today. I pray for us um, as a congregation that we would learn the value of turning our eyes onto you and turning our eyes onto ourselves and not laying the blame at the feet of others. Father, I pray that we would be the people that would um, work for an audience of one, as if we were working for you, as if no one else was watching, working in our relationships as fathers and mothers and uh, husbands or wives or carers or employees or volunteers or employers, whatever it is, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would help us become the best that we can be. And Lord, that we would learn that actually to be the best we can be requires prayer. It requires inner work, inside thinking. pray that your spirit be with us and you will be changing our hearts, Lord, and we are becoming more like you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about Exeter Vineyard Church, head over to our website, www.exe.vin.